Boy. Oh, boy. I break these things apart. Come here. Run away. Uh, just open your Bible to, uh, let me get ready. All right. Open your Bible to uh, first, uh, first Corinthians uh, chapter, let me get a look at that. Chapter 11. We're going to start there. Before I do anything, I need to pray. I love those songs, Lord. Oh, Lord, I love those songs, Lord. How wonderful are you to me, Lord. You're so good and kind, full of love and compassion, Lord. And you delight to be with us right now, Lord. You said you'd like to be with the sons of God, Lord. The sons of man, Lord. And I just, just help me, Lord, to be a blessing to these blood-bought saints, Lord. I love this church, Lord, and I just thank you so much for your truth, Lord. So just help me, get me behind the cross, Lord, and just, I just want to brag about you, Lord. So just help me, Lord, and just, uh, just let's, let's enjoy you, Lord, today, Lord. I exit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Let me put my glasses on. Let's, let's go. All right. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, it says that, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye show the Lord's death until he comes. You know? We got to remember what he did for us 2,000 years ago. And it was prophet that he would come. And the whole idea is he came, came to Calvary, took that road to Calvary so he can take me to glory. Amen. That was the whole idea about that stuff, you know. He took my death, my death. I was swimming in death, you know, and loving death, but then he gave me life. Ain't that something? He descended so he can take me up to glory, so he can ascend me up to glory. What a blessing to know that, you know. Um, he became the son of man so that we could be the sons of God. All this is all true because he, and we have to remember what he did, that road to Calvary. Uh, if you got your book, go to Isaiah, Isaiah 50. He took that beating for us. He took that whipping and you read something like that, it's just going to break you. This is the Savior's love. Oh, what a Savior's love that we have, you know? You know if you got 50, let me just go right there. Okay? All right, go to 50 verse. Oh, this thing works here. All right. He says here in 50, verse 6 and 7. I gave my back to the snipers and my cheek to them that plucked off the hairs. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. And for the Lord God had helped me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face as a flint. I know that I shall not be ashamed. That's our Savior. That's just part of it. That's just part of it. You know, the mocking and the laughing and the spitting and the punching and the ripping off the beer and the stone, I mean, the crown they put him on and they hit it with a stick. And he did that for me. He did it for all of us. What a Savior. Oh, man, he swallowed up. He said that that mortality may be swallowed up of life. He took this mortality and made it immortality. One day I'm going to be there. You know, he, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection. Wow, what a blessing to know that. That, you know, that, you know, wow, we got the, we got the record in this book. We got the word. We got the truth, you know. Go to first Tim, Second Timothy, chapter, chapter 1. Second Timothy. Hope I calm down, boy. You know what? I love the Lord. Oh, oh, I love the Lord. Because he, he first loved me, you know. Oh, he's so good to me, you know. He's been taking care of me, wiping all my tears, and kissing on my boobies, he said, keep going, keep going, keep going. 
Keep fighting good fight of faith. Hang in there. What did I say there? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. Like it says, he swallowed up mortality. Look what he gave us. Verse 10 in chapter 1. He says here, but, but now is made manifest by the appearance of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished death and had brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. We got the gospel right here. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation. And I just encourage you, just keep reading. Keep reading. Don't worry. God's going to feed you. God's going to fix that up. And God's going to just make you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, like he says, he's, death is swallowed up to victory. He took death and he buried that thing. And guess what? I can't wait to have that victory in Christ Jesus, you know? Like he says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of the, of the sin is law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. We got victory. Amen. Man, we got victory. When one day, listen, when, like he said, when we come back on that wild, it's a sign of victory. That's why you keep fighting the good fight of faith. You know? And it, you know, but the only problem is, he says, like, do, you know, he says, these show the Lord's death until we come. There's a period of time awaiting. You know, go to John. Go to John chapter 16. Go to John chapter 16. There's a waiting period. And I don't like you. Like your light affliction is but for a moment, you know? Affliction hurts. And I, and I hear, you know, family members, and, you know, and we all go to a kind of affliction. And sometimes that affliction lasts for 30, 40 years, you know? And I know some families, and like, boy, you know, how do I comfort them, you know? You get a phone call from a friend. His wife died in his arm, and he wants me to come over and, and be a blessing to him. I said, I don't know how to do that. I'm praying, I'm praying. But look at, look at here. Look at verse uh, 16, verse uh, 19. Now Jesus knew that they were designed to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourself of that I said a little while? Yet you shall see me. And again, a little while, and you shall Wait a second. Do you inquire among yourself of that? I said a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, ye shall see me. We will see him. It's just a little while. Whatever time you're going through, whatever suffering you're going through, you know, I got the Lord. I'm looking to heaven. It's a little while. It's a little while. He's not going to tarry. He's not going to tarry, you know. Look, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 35. This is the promise of God. You know? That's why we've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. Like last week, we were talking about Pastor. Continue. Continue in the word. Continue in the faith. Continue in the grace. Continue in the goods. Keep it in the book. All right? Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. He's our confidence, you know? He's, a, he's a, like Paul was kidding. You have confidence in Jesus Christ. He's not going to fail. you never going to leave you or forsake you. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which had great recompense reward. Amen. He, and John says, you've got to have a full reward in heaven. Amen. A full reward. Look at it. Keep going. For ye have, have need of patience. That's a little while. A little while. Hang on. Don't lose faith in Christ. He says, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, 
he might receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. That's the promise. God promised that. He's the faithful creator. Oh, what a blessing to know that, you know? Occupy till you come. Fight the good fight of fight. Be holy as he is holy. Purify because he's pure. You know, the, the whole idea is just keep eating the book. You know, be sanctified. Walk in the news of life. Walk in the newness of the spirit. He wants us to be good. It's fight. Oh, I know that it's a fight, you know? Fight the good fight of faith. Be clean before the Lord. That's the whole idea. Oh, what a savior we have, you know? You know? But I want to show you something here, yeah? right? Because like it says, do show the Lord death until he's come. He's coming. He's coming. But it, okay, in the meantime, we got to hang in there. We hold each other up, up in prayer. We, do, we lift each other and just, just build each other in faith. Hold us up you know, and you know, encourage one another in the faith. That's what we're here to esteem others better than ourselves, you know? Okay, look at it. We're going to go to three places, right? Very three, three places. Go to Luke chapter uh, 22. There's a progression going on here. All right? A progression going on here. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And I'm going to go to Mark 14. Mark chapter 14. I'm just going to look at one verse, but I'm going to see how the progression goes on. Because he desired to see us more than we desired to see him. Amen. That's the whole thing. He's thinking more about us than we think about him. All his doors, you know, he's got the sanity. He's the, I don't think, if I were to ask you a question, tell me about Jesus Christ. You go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You might get up to 10 or 11. Then all of a sudden, well, let me think about this. Let me think about this, you know? Then we just get the, uh, we get the hymn book and start singing, you know? If you got that, right? All right, Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 18, right? It says here, For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Go to 14, 14, chapter 14, all right? Look at verse 25. There's a progression going on here. I love this, you know? If you dare, say amen. 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 Okay. Verily say unto you, I will not drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it, it new in the kingdom of God. Now go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, verse 29. What a change we're going to have in heaven, boy. Look, if you're there, amen. But it says here, verse 29, Matthew 26. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it, it knew with you and my father's kingdom. He came down to get a bride. And we are the bride of Christ. And like it says, one day, oh, what a, what a party the Lord is going to show up. Go to, go to Revelation. Go, go to Revelation chapter 19. The marriage supper. Oh, what a day that shall be, you know? Oh, what a marriage supper. Verse chapter 19, verse 7 and 8. A side note here. He says here, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which 
made a marriage for his son. Jesus Christ came to get a bride for himself. A Gentile bride. Imagine that. And there's many types in the Old Testament. Uh, God went out to get a Gentile bride. And we end. But look at what he says here. In chapter 19, verse 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the land is come. And his wife had made herself ready. Paul says, I espouse you to one husband. And he wants us to be clean. And then he says in verse 8. And, and to her was granted that she might be arrayed in fine linen. We're going to get dressed up, brothers. Amen. Brothers, I say brothers because the, the wife don't know how to get dressed up for the wedding, you know? You know? She has to dress me up because I can't dress myself up, you know? He says here, and, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen. Fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. What a day that's going to be when we go into the kingdom and we like immortality shall be, into, be, be you know, turned into immortality, corruption into incorruption. What a day that's going to be like, you know, and the Bible says this here. I just read it first. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. For ye are a royal generation, a royal priesthood. I mean, look at the, all this stuff that he puts upon us. Ye are a royal generation. I mean, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, that he should show forth the praise of him who had called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's when we come together, when we have to break this bread and, and look what he did for us so that we can get to heaven. You know? What a blessing. What a blessing. You know what he's going to do? Oh, man. Go to, go to Zechariah. Just want to get just, you know. Like he said, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Go to Zechariah chapter 3. It's a picture. Oh, the picture. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Look at this one here. Chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, 3, and 4. Oh, this is beautiful. Like, you know, it's a picture. And like he says, we have Christ, the hope of glory in us. And we were, I was just talk, talking to Ray before. He says, like, you know, like... He sees us, but he sees Christ in us to get us into the glory land. And this is a picture. And you got accused of a brethren always attacking you, right? Look at verse 1 of chapter 3, Zechariah. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan, standing at his right hand to resist him. He's always like, you know, you know he's going to always, he's the accuser of the brethren. And he's going to say, he's going to open that closet door and say, look, look how filthy he is. Look, Lord, he hide, he's been hiding. No, he has been hiding. I gave it to the Lord. But thank God, look at what the Lord says. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuked thee. O Satan, even the Lord had chosen Jerusalem, rebuked thee. Is not this a brand, a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed in filthy garment and stood before the angel. We all have filthy garments. I can't wait to drop this flesh. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Look at verse 4. This is the Lord. And he answered and spoke unto those that stood about him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee. We are washed in the blood. He threw our sins behind his back as far as the east and the west. It's gone. He doesn't see our sins. I can't understand all that. 
Because like he says, he's all knowing. He knows all about me. He knows all about me. How can he forget about all my sins? But he did. That's a merciful God. But look, it, doesn't even, it goes even better. And I will close thee with a change of raiment. Go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 60. You want to see what you're going to look like? Yo. Woo. I can't wait to be beautified, you know? Woo. And to be in his presence, to worship him, to give him all. I mean, one day I will, I will, I will bless him with a clean heart. A clean and perfect, pure heart. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. I, I would have no conscience of thoughts of evil or meanness or what. It's got to be gone. Look, it says, 61, verse 10 and 11. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he had clothed me with the garment of salvation. He had covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decking himself with ornaments, as a bride adorned herself with jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her buds, and the garden cause the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to bring, spring forth before all nations. Go to Revelation chapter 1. This is what we celebrate, you know, the Lord's Supper. You know, Revelation chapter 1. Oh, he's a faithful witness. Look at this here. We talk about he's decking us up. Well, bridegroom ready. Look at it says here. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Oh, ain't finished yet. Because when we get cleaned up, he go fixing us up, right? He says here, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory for, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Ain't that a blessing to know that? So I want to just uh, go to, I want to show, uh, go, to first, go back to 1 Corinthians where we started. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We read that first, you know. Take this cup, you know. You know, do show the Lord's. Chapter 11, he said, like he said, we read before, for as often as eat this bread and drink this cup, he's do show the Lord's death till he comes. But look at 24 and 25. Help us not to forget. How many Christians are forgetting today? But what he did at the cross of Calvary. How he suffered. Uh, how he got beaten to a pulp. But the whole thing is, the worst of all, he took my sin. Amen. He took that cup. He said, give me, give me Andrew's cup. Uh, unashamed. You know, was, you know, like it says, there's only one man that saw Jesus Christ dying on the cross. It was John. He saw his love. I could not see him. Because you know why? I was ashamed because of the sin that I have committed. I can't look at that. He's pure. He's holy. But John saw love. Look at what he says here in 24. And when he had given thanks, he braked it and said, take, eat. 
This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of me. And after the same man also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, said, this cup is a new testimony in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. I just want to read something. I just wrote this down. I'm not a poet and things like that. And I know I got, you got teachers in here. Oh, boy. They might going to correct me, you know. Oh, that's not the way you write this up. But I just, I just wrote this about do it in remembrance of me. And, I, you know, and I see I don't want to be, I don't want to forget him. I don't want to forget him. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Do you remember Christians? Have you forgotten? Have I, have I done, have I, have I done for thee a cavalry? That I went to that dark hill to suffer and die? That I poured out my soul unto death? How I loved thee with a pure heart? That my body was broken and my blood was shed for thee? Have you forgotten my sons and daughters? To cleanse the cleansing power of my blood? To wash you from all sins? The horror of sins that I took, have you forgotten? Come back unto me and be ye clean. Come to the table and eat of my bread and drink of my cup. Oh, how I love thee. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? I don't want to forget that. As we partake, it's a wonderful thing to partake of the Lord's Supper with a broken heart that he came down to rescue me, to give me light, to give me strength, to walk in the newness of life, to have, you know, you know, a sound mind. Now, before I got saved, I was just a beast, you know, selfish. But Lord, he came into my heart and changed me. Learn me to love people. We're all prejudiced in some degree or some form. But now I look at now as souls. The souls of people, they're going to die. When, when the brother, Chris, uh, brother Chris was here, he said 61 Russian soldiers died. But where are they in eternity? You know, I just saw a picture you know, a couple of days ago. I worked for the railroad for 38 years. What a blessing it is. And there was a train going over the bridge where they blew it up. And the, the, the engineer... And I believe the conductor died. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just going into and didn't know what was going to He stepped into eternity. That's why Chris wants to go to Ukraine to reach the Russian people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, to break bread. He said, Lord, you saved me. I want to enjoy this bread, this body that you were broken for me, and this blood that was spilled out. I want to be new. I want to be changed. I just want to say thank you. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hopefully I don't disappoint you. It's too bad <laughs> this morning. But uh, as long as Danny Cologne don't make any faces, I'll be okay. I'm not going to laugh. If he starts making crazy faces and I start laughing up here, it's not my fault. Andrew said it. We can't forget about that sacrifice, that great sacrifice. And we are so prone to forget in this flesh. So easy to forget, you know. Catch myself all the time. And uh, the Lord's been good because he's so merciful. He brings us back to where we need to be. And um, 
Let me just start out with a word of prayer. I definitely need it. <laughs> Father, Lord, I just uh, thank you this morning, Lord, to be with my church family, to have a perfect God, perfect Savior, Father, and uh, that you've given us a life worth living, that you died for us, Father, and we get to recognize that today, Father, to remember what you've done for us, Father, as my brother so kindly portrayed today out of your word, Lord, and uh, let us have thankful hearts, Father, and uh, just love you and worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to speak today. Um, I've had a topic on my heart for quite a while, and uh, Lord willing, this topic will bring us to the table, because everything's measured at the table. My Lord's sacrifice was perfect, and he's a perfect savior, so everything's measured by that. But... The local church means a lot to me. I mean, uh, you ask me, Michael Murphy, what would you say about the church? I got saved in the local church. I heard of the truth of Jesus Christ, the gospel, in the local church 33 years ago. And uh, it was the best decision I ever made. I didn't forget what I learned out of that place. And when I screwed up big time and I went into the world and I lost 12 years, Never forgot what I learned in that building. I would be around the worst criminals that you could imagine, and out of nowhere, I'd come out of my mouth and I'd say, one day I'm going to get right with the God I knew, and they would look at me, what's this guy talking about? He's a criminal too. How, where's, where's this coming from? Because I never forgot, because the Lord never left me. I always had him inside. And uh, that's how good he is. That's how good he is. Um, I read something the other day, Charles Spurgeon, it's a pretty, pretty good quote and a truthful quote, said, Christians who isolate themselves and walk alone are very liable, liable to grow drowsy. Don't walk alone. Keep Christian company and you will be kept wakeful by it and refreshed and encouraged to make a quicker progress on the road to heaven. Let your eyes be constantly looking to him. Let your heart be full of him. Let your lips speak of his worth. Amen, amen. We weren't meant to be lone rangers. There's a reason why we're here together today and a reason why we're going before the Lord's table today. If I have anything uh, good to say today about God's people or this church, please direct it to Jesus Christ because we're nothing. We're nothing. It's all him. The local church has been the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, I'd just like to start, I'd like to touch on our pastor. Let's pick on our pastor for a little while. But, uh, you know, I, I just, the Lord brought this to my heart. There's so many things that a pastor has to endure. You know, you look at it, how about every personality? That's, that's not a picnic all the time. Preparation for Sundays and Wednesdays and, and uh, holding a full-time job at the same time. Counseling the saints. That's not an easy task all the time. Being on call 24 hours a day, basically. Funerals. Dealing with sickness in his own family and sickness in the family of God. We tend to get sick also. And you know what? <clears throat> Being able to be a husband and a father without neglecting your own family, your wife and your children. Disappointments. I think disappointments is probably one of the hardest. 
that when you pour your heart and soul out to somebody, they decide, I'm okay, I'm not coming to church anymore. Or you're dealing with somebody for years that's supposed to be a part of your family, and you get a text message, I'm not coming to church anymore. How grieving is that? And, uh, you know, I, I challenged myself. Do I want to be a help to my pastor? Do I want to be a blessing to my pastor? Should I pray for my pastor? And the answer is yes, I should. Uh, let's turn to Psalm 4017, please. Psalm 4017. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. And the Lord thinketh upon me, thinketh upon me. Uh, that came back to my remembrance, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave past the pad alone after this, but uh, not this year. Last year in, uh, in October camp, um, unfortunately, Pastor had to go without Christian and he went there as a soldier alone, and, and I really give him a lot of credit for that because his son was sick at the time, but he still kept his obligation going there. And with his family matters and everything on his plate, the church, and dealing with camp, I went for my first time this year. So it is roughing it up. I mean, right? <laughs> but uh, with everything being said, we're ready to start the men's meeting. And he sends me a text saying, Brother, I'm sorry I can't be there, but I'll be praying for you and the men. I says, how could this man think about this at this time with everything on his plate? And I'm not puffing him up. I'm saying that faithful men have been an influence in my life, and it's a great thing for the church. Amen? I don't think I would have went. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would have stayed with my son, and yet he had enough time to think about us. Am I crazy, or is that an amazing thing? It, it, beautiful, and uh, I never forgot that. But as we're going through, uh, we all called to be a family. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's turn to uh, Psalm 133.1, please. Psalm 133.1. says, How good... And how pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And also, you don't have to turn there. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. And we already witnessed the world try to break that up, didn't we? When we had to meet secretly in parking lots. And we had to be a slave to the screen. We already saw that and there was nothing good about that. And then, it, it, you know, it means something to me. Just... Seeing everybody here today. You know what? Just seeing your face brightens up my day because I, I know that you're my brother, you're my sister. Seeing somebody walk through the door that might not know the Lord and might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is exciting. That one day that person will be partaking in the table that we're talking about today, the Lord's Supper. Um, <clears throat> if I was to look in... Uh, New Jersey people uh, who never had an affiliation with Staten Island, could you raise your hand, please? And, and I, I look at 
where I came from, and I was very comfortable where I came from, but if I could just tell you that you've been such a blessing in myself and my family's life that God triple blessed us because we got an extension to our family that I never would have met unless we came here. It's such a blessing to us being here. And I can't tell you I'm thankful for you. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, my life. I, I turned my back on the Lord for 12 years. And uh, our testimonies don't change. Us guys have been around for a little while. Pat will tell you, Pastor Pat, Brother Danny Colon, Eli. Our testimonies don't change because those testimonies are real. If they changed, then there would be a problem. You know, you look at an officer investigating a crime, they interrogate you. And, and the criminal usually gets caught because their story starts to change under pressure. But to say that if the story's solid and the same, most of the time that person's innocent, that your testimony, I hope it don't get old to you guys, you young guys, because it's something real that took place in our life. And uh, when... when uh, I lost those 12 years. When I came back, God's people opened their door to me. There's people in this room, got two right here. I I watched little kids praying at the table, and and that encouraged me. I mean, I I can't tell you the the hospitality that the saints showed towards towards a fool like me, towards a sinner like me, that the Lord used those people. And the church door was open when I came back. It was an an amazing thing. And uh, our church has to have a proper view of God and man. Amen? Amen. A proper Bible-believing church must have the highest view of God Almighty and the lowest view on man. Amen? Amen? And uh, Jeremiah 17.9 says, as we know, we heard it many times, the heart is deceitful above all things. Romans 7.18 goes on to say, For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. You'd be a fool to have any confidence in this flesh. There's nothing good. My brother said it all. It's all him. It's all that sacrifice. The ultimate goal of a church should be to give Jesus Christ the preeminence, the honor and the glory above everything. Above everything, he's got to get it. That was our prayer in the prayer room this morning. Otherwise, we miss something. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive the honor, glory, and power. That's our Savior. Um, You know, I could just thank you, Jesus. I've been in the church now for 22 years, and uh, I had a certain thing that I was battling through the years. And do yourself a favor, try not to figure it out, because it's not important. The point of the story is... I had this baggage from childhood straight through and even walking with the Lord. And I turn around, there's a meeting. All the men got together, not a men's meeting, a special meeting. And by the end of that meeting, whatever was presented to me, out of the word of God, I repented that day. Got that thing right. Never picked it up again. But the point of the story is, where where did I receive that gift? Where did I receive that? It was out of the church house. God's doing wonderful things in the church. Wonderful things. We got to value what we have here. Better than silver, gold, or anything we could ever have here. It's a wonderful thing. And I could guarantee you, 
If you spend any time here, there's no way you're not going to go home with anything. It's impossible. You have to put time into it. It's work putting in time into something, getting here on time. And you know what? The Lord will never forget that labor and love you showed towards his name. I've never, never, ever seen a believer's life get better leaving the church. I've seen destruction. Children destroyed. I've seen young ones go to heaven sooner than they should have because of disobedience and turning their back on God. And many times it's because a mother or father, their heart gets hard with the things that the Lord Jesus Christ gets offended. They run out of church and the whole family pays the consequences. It's a fact. Has anybody witnessed that? Raise your hand. Is that truth? And we have to keep our eyes open for that. We have to be vigilant. We have to know that this devil is not our friend and that's all he wants to do is destroy the families, the marriages, and everything he can get his hands on. Uh, if we could please, 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Hope, hope, hope. Amen. This church is not only responsible for preaching the gospel to the congregation, but to build soldiers, equipping the saints that we need to have that answer ready that we need to have that hope ready for that person that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, just to encourage the saints. Um, if we could please, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, yes. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, that men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, inconsistent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Does this sound familiar? Unbelievable. This place, this place should be a safe haven. This place should be somewhere where we go in and we're insulated from what we just read. That should be kept out this door. And if, if some of this is affecting us in any way, we got a good opportunity today to make it right before the Lord's table. I remember the jungle. I remember being in shackles. I do not want to be in bondage ever again. I truly don't. I remember it. Yet I received safety in the local church. I received it there and I, I, because I knew the owner of the church. I knew who was the head of the church. And the only head could be 
Two words, Jesus Christ. Amen. Two more, our Savior. The doors were open when I needed it to be a hospital. I needed the hospital, the doors were open. And if everybody got relaxed and we stopped going to church, wouldn't it be a sad thing to go somewhere for a place of help, for a place of refuge, years later to come back like I did and say, I remember that place where Jesus Christ found me. I couldn't find him because he wasn't lost. I was lost. God would have to be lost for me to find him. He found me. And I went to the first Bible church looking for help, looking for somebody to just reach their hand out. And there was a big deadlock bolt on that door. Couldn't keep up with the finances. Couldn't keep up with this lack of people coming. The doors are bolted shut. We really need to really think this through and realize what we have here, that this hospital is needed and it remains to stay open. It needs to stay open. The, the, the illness is just going to progress as these times get worse. The illness is just, this disease called sin is going to keep spreading and keep spreading rapidly. This place needs hope. This, this world that we're living in needs to know what hope means. And we only know that through one person, one person, one holy, incorruptible, perfect God. Um, if we could, please, we turn to First Peter one eighteen. Eighteen and nineteen, please. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for your conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Only my Savior without blemish and without spot. Man, what a verse. There's one thing I could say and testify is This ministry, this church, has never been about the money or getting rich in any way. Never. We hear about lukewarm, rich churches all the time. The consumer-driven church wants to know how to attract and how to satisfy the most people it could. And ultimately, bringing in the money is the reward, sadly to say. The big mega churches that we hear about all the time. But we know that the biggest concern of a church should be, does that visiting soul know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Is that person in here today going to go to hell when they leave these doors, if they were to die today? And you know, that has always, always been the motivation of this ministry and should be, rightfully so, that that sacrifice that the Lord did for us, that we inherited that, through his, his death, resurrection, we have to care about that for the other soul. That should be our biggest concern. The church I've been a part of for, the, for X amount of years, I've been blessed to be a part of a church that only cares about that. And we'll care that we should care about each other's walk. Um, if we could, please. Um, forgive me. Yeah, the only thing is... Um, Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, please. 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 
Sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. For as the body is one and had many members, and all of the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And every one of us has a different function. You know what? You're in a place you can't be here. You're in a place something's stopping you or you can't do something physically and it's praying. You're a part of the body. Just, just praying you're a member. I've seen things already out here that have been amazing where one hand can't do something and the other hand jumped in to fill in for that. Like, I see people stepping up to the plate nonstop and it blesses my heart. Amen. Blesses my heart that when pastors under the weather, I saw a brother step up a couple of weeks ago or a week ago ready to give the word. I mean, I mean, what a blessing that we get to interact like that as a body. All of us should always operate in, in harmony also, in unity, in unity. When someone's going through a trial, we should care enough to at least feel their pain. Amen? Amen. 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 If sin ever enters into this camp, it has to be cut out immediately. Otherwise, it spreads like cancer. The Bible says, we've heard it before, when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Anything it touches, it destroys. Anything it touches. And how about the tough weeks? Perhaps rough week at work, rough week physically. You're not in the word of God as much. You're not reading as much. That spirit will creep in to push you away. And then missing church on top of that, you can get put in a bad place really quick. And, And with everything being said that I said about the church, there's so much more to elaborate on it. We don't have the time and I don't want to lose the focus today. Just to say, you know, to say anything about the church, you know, you could say, of course, we should go to church. You know, everything you said, but what does that have to do with today? And the fact is, there is no church without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if there is a church without that, then it's a false church. It's a make-believe church. People are meeting in vain. It has to be about him. It has to be about the table. Uh, if we could please just uh, Colossians 1 18 through 20 thank God he is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Lord, help us always to do that. For it pleased the Father that in him should, we, should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, 
by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. It's all him. It's all him. Jesus Christ first. The head. And being cleansed with his spotless, perfect blood to bring us all in unity at his table today. That is something to rejoice in, as my brother said before, that we get to celebrate in that together and that we're a part of that. And I, I just say, if somebody is here, I, I'm not sure, and you don't know if you're a part of that, what we're talking about, get in, it's good. If somebody needs a translation today, Spanish, whatever, translate to your neighbor, tell them what's going on today. It's good. There's no limits to that perfect spotless blood. I'm going to jump up and I could say anything it touches, it cleans. Anything. It's perfect. Save my life. Save my life. On earth here and in heaven. Save my life. He is worthy. The only way to make peace, to make peace and to give us a peace was through that perfect spotless blood, that perfect sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know a good, good brother. Uh, some of you guys met uh, Bobby Bowman from Staten Island. Good, good brother, deacon. Does so much with the youth. Like, he's always anything in Staten Island. Bobby's, like, always the first uh, fourth runner, you know, in getting the kids together, the teens. And um, Bobby gave a great testimony at the church one day. And Bobby and his wife had high expectations for Bobby Jr. to go to a Christian academy, Christian college. And he went all around to all these different places and he'd be taken through and they would show him this place and that place. And, and the places were wonderful. But he just would say at the end of every, every uh, paragraph that he would give this statement, I didn't have the peace about it though. I didn't have the peace about it. And after going through this, going through this, and, and still continuing visiting places, at the end of the whole thing, he didn't make a move with his son, and they proceeded not to go forward. And he just came to the conclusion to go out to shout and say that the best thing that ever happened to his son was the local church. Amen. Above everything, above everything, far above college or anything, I said, uh, I said to my wife, and I, and I said it to a couple other brothers, you know, I, I personally, it's not my biggest expectation for my sons to sweep a broom, but if the Lord has them do that, praise the Lord, it's an honest living. But for them to have the whole world and be what the world would consider a success and have all the monies and the riches in it, for them to push a broom and know the Savior of the world... And to love Jesus Christ, so be it, Lord. They will be rich men and have rich families. Yeah, that testimony, though, I never forgot it about his son. The local church was the best thing that ever happened to his son. Best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, if we could please, Ephesians 5.25.
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus Christ suffered on the cross, carried the whole sin of the world on his shoulders. And how could we go about church as usual and just push that sacrifice off to the side? How dare we? We need to be thankful. We need to remember him. He is everything. He is everything and he is worthy. The church has to mean something to me. It has to mean something to you. It has to mean something to the believer. We have to shout out praises of thanksgiving every time we are able to meet again. To think of it as a gift and value that. Just ending with today, very simple what my brother graciously already told us. We need to remember that sacrifice of the Lord today. Remember that sacrifice. Hold it deep in our heart that he did for us and have thankful hearts. I got saved in the local church. My wife got saved in the local church. Uh, We got married in the local church. Three of my children are saved already through the ministry in the local church. We have to value And really, truly appreciate and trust what the Lord's given us and not take it lightly, but protect it with everything that the Lord would give us. And and ultimately, our protection is right here because if something doesn't line up with this, there's something wrong. And uh, let's just honor the Lord today and uh, praise the Lord that we can meet again and meet at this table. And the only thing that qualifies us to be at this table again, I say, trust him as your savior if you don't know him. If there's sin, I know what it's like to be struggling with sin, trying to be in church and holding on to something that still has a hold of you. Another opportunity to let it go. If you let it go, truly you'll be free. You could pray in peace. You could take this cup and remembrance him in peace. You don't have to live with bondage. Amen, amen. It's all him. That's all I could say. Thank you.